Welcome back to Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. If you watched our other episode, you know what our top five movies are. And we have six through 10, actually six through 25. We have a lot of other movies that we think you're going to appreciate that maybe you haven't heard of that have flown under the radar or maybe just got by you somehow. And we want to call your attention to those movies. So we each have three movies that we'd like to tell you about. Chuck, start us off. Start us off. Let's see. Um, you know, there, there, I, I'm going to start off with the one you didn't like. Quite frankly, I don't know why you didn't like this movie. You're going to have to explain to me why you didn't like The World okay. to Come. Uh, the World to Don't Don't give me that look. Don't okay. give me that. Oh, God. You know, the are you the glazed over are you ADHD or what? <laughs> I Jesus. am not. I have an incredible attention Then span. how could you not like this frontier story with Catherine Waterston and Casey Affleck as this couple? They're on the American frontier about the 1840s. Uh, they've got a farm. Uh, they're trying to, you know, make a go of it. They're trying to survive. They're trying to have a child. And, um... I wonder, have you ever tried to watch grass grow? Jesus Christ. Okay. Here, so, that's where this one went. No, no, no. And uh, obviously they're dealing with this isolation. Maybe that's what you keyed in too much. Maybe. I mean, isolation. I identify too much. Because we, uh, we were in the middle of COVID. <laughs> we still are. But we were even more COVID-y. This was the last film I saw in the theater before COVID. Oh, is yeah. it really? And I was in the theater by myself. Maybe that had something to do with it because I was like, I was there with them. You know, we talked about the fact that sometimes you have to see a movie in a theater. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's one of these movies that you have to see in a theater to be enveloped by it. And I saw it at home on a computer screen on uh, my couch. Uh, and it might have been, no, actually it was in the middle of the afternoon. I shouldn't have been home. Yeah, so you, yeah. have you had wine yet? Mm -mm. Okay. No, it was 3 p.m., not yet. Anyway, anyway, Casey and Catherine, they're out there. They're having the problems, this left and right. And, well, they decide that maybe things are going to get better because they have a, uh, another couple that move in, neighbors. But, of course, out there, neighbors are you know, down the road. Down the road. Exactly where neighbors should be. Yeah, and uh, Vanessa Kirby uh, is the woman in this uh, other relationship. And, um, you know, she and... Catherine Waterson's character strike up a relationship. And it's, I, again, that's another reason why I don't understand why you didn't like this movie. Because, yes, you know, they become lovers. But it's so much more than that because they're able to connect on an emotional level, on a level in which they're sharing their experiences as well as far as being isolated, not just physically, but also within the relationships that they find themselves with their husbands. I, I see now, I think that's what the difficulty was, is I felt that there wasn't a connection between the two of them in that way. Okay. And I thought a lot of what they did was just gratuitous, and I looked to see, is it written by a guy and directed by a guy? I don't know. I'll I have to look. So. You think so? Think okay, so. well. Anyway, <laughs> The World to Come is a movie well worth looking for, and I would love would absolutely love if people would find this film. And let me know what you think. Confirm everything that I've said uh, to underscore, you know, that this is definitely an overlooked film from 2021. We know you're going to agree with me, but do let us know. Okay, move and on. we do keep score. Move on, you're going to be embarrassed, yeah, so just move on. move on. Oh, 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 I hear one that maybe you haven't heard of, but although there's a lot of buzz about it right now, it's called Mass. Mm -hmm. Um, we've got two couples um, in the Midwest somewhere, I don't know, Iowa, Minnesota, somewhere in the Midwest, um, and they are meeting in a church conference room. Um, it's, the tensions are pretty high, we're not sure why though, and the two couples are seated at a table and we discover that each 
couple has lost their son in a mass school shooting. Um, the difference is one set of parents was the shooter's parents and the other was the victim's parents. Um, this is a really courageous film and being able to tell a story from these two different perspectives and how it affects the parents and how there's a ripple effect, there's a domino effect and how it affects the rest of the family and how they cope with that and the only way to heal is through forgiveness. You take it from here. I get choked up talking about this and everything then. This, this I, I don't know if it was a play or it's going to be a play, but could obviously be. it could be. Uh, and this is a showcase for um, all four of the actors uh, in this. Uh, it's a little heavy-handed at times, but uh, the thing I liked about it, not only the, the performances, but it isn't, it doesn't insult us by offering up any uh, easy answers as to why these things happen. Uh, we know that you know there are obviously factors that go into this that could be prevented, that could help this, but in the end, it remains a mystery as to why these things do occur. Uh, and unfortunately, this is a very timely film and will remain timely for quite some time, unfortunately. Uh, but it's an important movie, you know, and this is what I like about low-budget films is that they will take on things like this uh, that the studios wouldn't touch, you know, you know in a million years. Uh, and as I say, the performances are, are knockout. Martha Plimpton um, and Dow. And Dow. Uh, Jason Isaacs, Reed Bernie, yeah. uh, and he wasn't really aware of his work too much. I know he works right. mostly on Broadway, but Jason Isaacs, this is about as far away uh, from the Harry Potter role that he plays. I didn't as even possible. realize that. Yeah, yeah he's the yeah. bad guy. Uh, so um, yeah, it's it's not an easy watch, uh, but it's well worth seeing. Absolutely, just uh, Fran Kranz is the one who wrote and directed it, and he's got a hefty resume for acting, but he this is the first time he yeah. has written and or directed a film. And it shows us his talent in his eye and the editing and the angles of the camera being able to capture everything. Incredibly done. And that's tricky because they're stuck. Yeah. I mean, they're stuck in one place, one location, basically. And I'm always impressed when people are able, directors are able to pull that off yeah. when you're stuck and still make it dynamic, whether it be this, whether it be... Uh, you remember that Ryan Reynolds film, Barry, where he's stuck in the coffin? No, I didn't watch that. Oh, God, no, it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> as far, hands as far away. I know that. you like him. You know, I It's do. not his pithy self in this one. He's actually acting here. Uh, but that he's stuck in the coffin and that they're able to still keep you interested with certain camera angles. And this does you know, an even better job at that. But uh, okay. again, Mass, not, a, not an easy watch. Uh, but one that you'll be thankful you saw. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot more around Oscar time with, with nominations. I hope so. I hope so, too. I've, I've heard a lot more buzz, which is kind of reassuring to me. Yeah, it's crowded field, and this, this is an uphill battle because it is so low budget, but right. let's hope so. How about let's you? What's so. next on your let's list? Let's see. What's, oh, Together. Together. A movie you forgot about. I know. I can't And I can't believe did. you forgot about it because you were so high on it. I know. I made um, you watch it. No, I think I made you watch it. No, I think, they no, I think I made Memory you watch it. Memory is a funny thing. Yeah, we talked about that, if I remember correctly. <laughs> we did, we did. Yeah. My perspective, your perspective. Uh, together, this is a very much a movie of the moment. And I think it's a movie that uh, people will be looking back on years from now because it captures this whole COVID uh, moment, I think, in a very powerful and poignant way. Uh, it, too, has an incredibly small cast. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah, two people. Two. Well, a kid. And well, a kid, but yeah, he's you know, uh, you know, on the periphery. Mm -hmm. uh, James McAvoy, and what's the actress's name? Sharon Horgan. Sharon Horgan. I love her. Uh, they play a couple 
who are forced to quarantine together to take care of their son. Uh, the COVID thing has hit. Uh, they are scared, of course, uh, and not quite sure what to do. And you get the impression right off that as this is hitting, they are a couple that are splitting apart. If not splitting apart, on the verge. They don't <laughs> like each that? other at all at this point. Or at least, you know, as, as we watch the film, we the quote from Shakespeare about me thinks she, he protests he too much. Say, yeah. That becomes obvious. That yes, even though they're bitching about each other, you also know that there is a love and affection there. And the neat thing about this film is that they're talking directly to us. They're breaking the fourth wall throughout as they go through uh, the problems in their relationship, uh, the the fears that they have regarding this whole COVID situation, what's going on, the anger that develops uh, when they talk about the uh, mishandling of this situation by the British government. A heartbreaking moment also when COVID hits far too close to home with them. And another thing I like about the film, they each have a scene in which they honestly talk about their part. And you see exactly what's happening within them, and you realize that they do love each other, despite everything, despite all that's going on. Um, this, you know, this is a movie that I sat down and like, oh boy, and I, oh, this is going to be a long haul. And boy, it is not. It just grabs you. And it's to these these uh, two performances, these two performers, credit that yeah. they just keep us hooked all the way throughout. Um, Again, another movie that feels like a play. Very much like a play. It could very easily be a play. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it never feels that way to me. Mm-hmm. Um, just two heartbreaking performances by uh, McAvoy and, and Harding. Yeah. Um, and um, again, it's, it's one of those where you hope that they end up together. Yeah. Despite their faults, despite everything that they've done to each other, you, you recognize yourself. Oh, absolutely. And Horgan gives us one of my favorite scenes of the year, too, which I can't believe I that forgot. That long monologue. Yes, yeah. about what Heart happens breaking. to her mother. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking stuff. And just right on the money. Right on the smart. money. I love the, smart, I smart love the anger in this film because it is just so pointed and uh, just right on, the, uh, right on the mark. Yeah. I'm looking forward to part two because we're still in this mess. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, together. See, seek that one out. I like that one. Um, my next one is The Killing of Two Lovers. Ah, and you love that I one. love this movie. It was on my top ten list. I love that It, it didn't quite break into mine, although I think mm. that floated in and out of it. Um, Clayne Crawford plays a man. Mm. Um, another ensemble cast. I mean, talk about a small group. We've got uh, Clayne Crawford's character, the dad, and then we've got a mom, and you've got five kids or four kids. How many kids are they there? Four, the four. The older girl. Right. She's the oldest, and three brothers. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he's trying to keep his marriage together as his wife is pushing him literally and figuratively out the door. Um, this is a, a, a slow and thoughtful film that captures the moments. Mm-hmm. And um, Clayne Crawford, and you know him from something else. He was in the Lethal Weapon TV series. I, know, I didn't watch that. Yeah, and that was the only thing I knew him from. Uh, but boy, wow. Yeah. Wow, what a performance. Uh, you, you know, and so you say, natural. You say you say it's a slow film, but the thing I loved about this movie were the long takes. I mean, they, they, you got takes that go on six, seven minutes. But you and, pulled into those. Oh yeah, you, you never yeah. feel as though it's oh it's a trick yeah. or wow look at that movie look at that. you're just I think we both talked about there's a, a moment mm-hmm. which he picks up the kids from school yeah and they're going to the park and he's just like how was your day and these kids are just telling about these goofy things that happened during the day. And it's just 
a, a bit of magic. Right. It's like you're just sitting in that truck with them, listening, and you can tell how much they love each other. You can, it really it's do. just wonderful. And, and nothing is ever forced or contrived. No. Everything is authentic. It is truly fly on the on the wall it type is. thing. You think you're really intruding. Yeah. You know, and then there was another sequence within the truck in which they go out on a date, him and mm -hmm. the wife. And that is a long take as well. And yeah. that is a completely different conversation. <laughs> it's an understatement. Um, yeah, but beautifully done, beautifully shot, and uh, from a new filmmaker. And you know, it, it, and because it was so real, I found it just that much. That made it so moving to me. Yeah. It was like I knew these people. Right. And again, it's like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. And and, and another shift, the villain in the piece, the oh, guy that she gosh. was dating, not what he seems. No, not no, their seems. interaction together, and and how do you keep how do you keep it together? How, it's yeah, it's a heartbreakingly beautiful tale of love. Killing of true love. Yeah, find this one. I really yeah. love this one. Glad, glad we agree. Chuck, what's happening? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah. And then, I goes, oh, yeah, yeah. No sudden move. Uh, one of my favorite modern filmmakers, Steven Soderbergh. Uh, this is a movie that premiered on HBO. No what sudden happened? Move. I don't know. Uh, Warner Brothers dropped the ball because this is the type of movie that should have been released in December. They should have got behind this for Oscar. Yeah. Because it is smart. It's got great performances. It's got a stellar cast. I have no idea why they just dumped this thing, but it takes place in the 50s in Detroit. Uh, and it's one of those uh, gangster-type things, uh, you know, this, the best laid plan where everything's just going to go off like clockwork and there's not going to be any problems, and of course it all just goes to shit. Uh, Don Cheadle and uh, Benicio Del Toro play uh, these two thugs. Yeah, they're great together. They're right. Yeah, they're great together. And uh, Kieran Culkin is in it too, and they have one job. These three guys have one job, they have to go babysit this family, okay? Babysit this family because the dad in the family, played by David Harbour, well, he has something at the office that they need. So one of them's going to take him to the office to get the thing and to make sure that the family doesn't call the cops. The other guy's just going to sit there and babysit. Well, of course, as I said, it doesn't go as planned. Everything just goes sideways. And this leads the Del Toro and uh, Cheeto character on this journey. Because they want to find out just exactly what's going on. What is it that they were there to pick up? And just why is everyone going to all this trouble to do this? But tell them why or who hired them. Ah, well, then there's that. Yeah. Oh, uh, well, I don't want to right. give away okay. the, the okay. surprise because it's a cameo at the end. Are you oh, referring to that? No, or? no, I'm referring to something else, Brendan Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser. Yeah, okay, plays yes. like the, the lead guy who hires all right. these people who don't know one another, and yeah. he's the one who's pulling the puppet strings well, or we for the think, moment. We yeah. think, yeah, but then, of course, that's revealed not to be true. Uh, and then there's a big cameo uh, yes. at the end yes. as well. This is one of those movies where I was constantly leaning forward. I was like, okay, what's going to happen right? next? I didn't know what was going to happen yeah. next. One of those great film noir type things where it just kind of unravels slowly before you. And as you learn one more thing, you're like, oh my God, that's genius. Oh my God, I didn't see that cover. Oh, how clever. And the other great thing I like about it is, is that Soderbergh weaves this whole thing into the fabric of the history of Detroit. Right. When you find out exactly what this is all about, it is absolutely criminal what he's talking about as far as gentrification, as far as putting business over the uh, concerns or over the welfare of your populace. It is a, ends up being a plot that is a far-reaching uh, conspiracy, and it ain't no theory here. Right. I mean, there's a lot of things going on there, and it's all about business and money, 
uh, not about people's well-being. Yeah. Uh, just a great atmosphere as well. I mean, I thought I was watching something from the 40s. Yeah. Uh, and again, this cast, you, you can't go wrong with it. So, uh, yeah, no sudden move on HBO. You will not be disappointed in Definitely this not. one. That, it, what is disappointing is the fact that it hasn't garnered any attention. It got so dumped. Yeah. yeah, don't know why. I don't know either. I don't get that. One movie that did not get dumped um, actually premiered at Sundance mm -hmm. last year, the virtual Sundance, which is going to be the virtual Sundance this year, too, mm -hmm. um, called CODA. And CODA star, uh, stands for Children of Deaf Adults and stars Amelia Jones, oh. who's a newcomer to the acting I role. fell in love with her. What an incredible young actress. She's a wonderful young woman. And mm -hmm. she is a hearing child in this family of fishmongers. They live in the East Coast. and. Um, they're fishermen, and she makes their parents, her parents make a living, and they're both deaf. The mom is played by Marlene Matlin, who is deaf, and in fact, all the characters in her family are deaf. She had to learn sign language for yes. this, mm -hmm. which is an incredible feat for anyone who knows anything about sign language or learning a second language, basically, for a film. She has dreams of being a singer. Mm -hmm. She wants to go on to college to learn. Uh, I don't remember the school that she wanted to go to, but uh, it's, it's in New a York prestigious, City. A prestigious school. In New York, yeah. Um, and her family wants her to stay home because they really need her to be their interpreter. They need her hearing in order to make the most of their world and function. She's the bridge. Yeah, yeah. so she's she's got this, this push and pull. I want to stand on my own two feet. And then she's got a, a teacher who is pushing ah, her to ah, go on. Virginia Gerbez. I love him. Steals the movie. Steals <laughs> the movie. Every scene he's, he's in. He's fun. He's uh, it's, fun. It's a wonderful cast. And, and it is a predictable story. We know it how is. this is going to end. But I don't think we've ever seen a deaf family take on this type of a, a typical traditional difficulty of a daughter trying to or a, a, a child wanting to leave and, and they want that child to stay. I mean, this is a beautiful yeah. story in the deaf community. And I think whether you're hearing or deaf, you're going to absolutely love every moment of this film. I, the first time I saw it, I was I was okay. I, was I like, remember I was that. Like, well, this I'm is like, so okay. oh, you're a curmudgeon. No, you no I, 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 I thought that, I, and I still think that the humor is forced. The, the humor between the parents and everything is forced, and it's too obvious, and I didn't like it. It turned me off. But the second time I watched it, I got by that, and yeah, this young woman, God, she is great. She's got a great voice. Oh, my gosh. She's yeah. funny. She, she, she pulls off the dramatic moments. And the other thing was, it's not just about her. In her coming out and her breaking away, yeah. she forces the parents to bridge that gap. They've isolated themselves. Right. And they have to because of work concerns, because uh, these fishermen are being screwed. Uh, and they uh, decide that you know, we've got to do something. So her breaking out forces them to break out. And I really like that aspect. Yeah. It wasn't just her story. Right. Uh, and there is a heartbreaking moment when uh, she has a, a concert and she's singing and parents and the brother who can't hear come to watch her. And we see, or we hear as, as they hear, and we see what they see and it all clicks Aww. with them as to why <laughs> she has to go. And then there's a moment later on with her and the dad. Just yeah. heartbreaking stuff. Beautiful. Beautiful yeah. stuff and uh, again, wasn't hit upon it the first time, the second time it really won me over. So really like that. You can find that one on Apple TV Plus. Yeah. So check that out. Those are six movies we've enlightened you about. If you haven't heard of any of them, or maybe you've heard of all of them, watch them again. I think they're well worth watching. Definitely. Definitely. So 
that uh, should wrap up 2021 for us. Yes. It was a great year. It really was. I think, despite all the difficulties we had. Yep. Uh, it was such a good year that she even liked a superhero movie, which you know was kind yeah. of a shocker as well. So. I didn't fall asleep in a superhero movie. That's even more shocking. And they were Barker loungers. That's so. right. Yeah. So uh, we're going to do an upcoming segment about, actually, some superhero movies. We're going to give a preview of what's coming up in the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe as far as uh, 2022 is concerned. And also we'll be having some review segments coming up. I know we can't wait to delve into Jessica Chastain's action film, The 355. <laughs> Isn't it like a bypass that goes around Chicago? I think so. Okay. I mean, is that a clue as to what we do, should do with this clue. movie? Bypass. So, and then of course <laughs> we'll get to Scream in the coming weeks as well. So. Be on the lookout. We've got more stuff coming. Real talk with Chuck and Pam.com.